How come that uh, most of your songs are sad songs? This question was posed by an interviewer to singer-songwriter Towns Van Zant, who is known for his less-than-optimistic music. I don't think they're all that sad. Some, I have a few that are just, that aren't sad. They're like hopeless, but a totally hopeless situation. And the rest aren't sad. They're just the way it goes, kind of. I mean, you know, you don't think life's sad. This genre of music has been popular for years, but why is that? Is it because it's a reflection of the world, as Van Zant claims, or is there more to it than that? Now, to discuss my personal relationship with sad music, I considered going back in my memory to middle school, but to avoid that, <laughs> I decided to ask my friends and family about what they listen to when they're sad. It was revealing. So, I have a question. Did Lauren already pose this question to you? Oh, goddamn question. I got woken <laughs> out of my bed, falling asleep to YouTube video fade. This is my friend Luke. I asked him what he likes to listen to when he's sad. Mm, that's a tough question. Is it? I see, I told you. I told you, Luke. That other voice you're hearing is my sister Lauren. When I asked her the same question, she had this to say. Angry music. Luke expressed that he actually doesn't listen to enough music to listen to music when he's sad, and instead has a different process of coping. Typically, it would be none of the above, and I will just scooch the dog. What? Like the dog. <laughs> Let the record show that we had a 10-minute conversation about how he pets his dog. You can just hold it there, and now you have... Like, you know, when they, like, group flowers together and it's okay, when I have a bouquet of, of slum. But if you're not feeling it, wind sail her back, because the whole thing is you lift up as a giant sail like an airplane, and then you can just, you just... How am I supposed to shorten this conversation down to a minute? So, despite this chaos, I was able to draw some interesting conclusions from it all, and those were that not everybody uses music as an emotional outlet, and not everybody feels sadness the same way. That said, lots of genres and bands all over the world have rocketed their way to fame by being emotionally vulnerable, and making relatable sad songs. Some fans even insist this kind of music makes them feel recognized and has at times saved their lives. Now, just like any subject, there's some discourse around whether or not sad music makes you happy or sad when you're already depressed. A survey was done in 2015 where researchers asked respondents who were previously diagnosed with depression to listen to happy and sad tracks that they provided and determine whether these tracks made them feel any better at all, and if so, which tracks had more of an effect. Interestingly, the vast majority of respondents said that the sad music made them feel better. Conversely, a study conducted by researchers in Denmark found that anxiety and neuroticism were both higher in people who were more prone to listening to sad or aggressive music in order to express their negative feelings. Either way, it's an undisputed fact that there is a market for this genre of music. There has been for years, and artists like Phoebe Bridgers and Mitski are helping to keep it alive with their soul-crushing music. <laughs> now obviously it would be unfair to reduce either of these artists down to just sad music songwriters, but they do an especially good job of conveying really desperate, intense, sad emotions. In an interview with Fader, Phoebe Bridgers says, I wasn't really expecting it to be as gratifying to release an album and have people reach out to me and say, that's exactly how I feel. 
For every single person who struggled with depression, there's this weird part of your brain that tells you you're the only person who's ever felt like that, even if you know for a fact it's not true. It's cool staring that in the face. I definitely look for that in the music I listen to. Here we see that concept of relatability come back into play, just taking comfort in the knowledge that you're not the only person who's ever felt this way. The other artist I mentioned, Mitski, has always been very open about her emotions as well. I'm reminded of an interview she did with Genius, where she explained the origin of her hit song, Nobody. The chorus, Nobody, was, <laughs> was literally me in a semi-fugue state on my hands and knees on the floor, just crying and just being, repeating the word nobody. And then, I don't know, I was like, let me use this pain and exploit it for my money. Personally, I can't help but relate to Phoebe Bridgers and Mitski's sad lyrics, even if I'm not on the ground on all fours in a fugue state singing nobody. <laughs> the sentiment is still there and the emotion conveyed is still extremely strong and occasionally relatable. Even if studies have shown that this kind of music can make someone more anxious or neurotic, it still soothes the soul in a way that few other things do. It provides the same kind of reassurance that therapy might, not to say that it's any sort of substitute for the service, but the feeling is there. The feeling that you're being heard and the feeling that you're not alone. So the next time you're sad, put on some sad tunes. Let yourself wallow for a bit, but make sure you don't get carried away. Just remember that whatever it is will pass. So let yourself feel for a little bit, but don't give up. I'm Lily Kimple. Thank you for joining me today as we explored sad music.